All right, and this is the second half of the podcast where we're going to be looking at the Titans' offense and how they can exploit the Browns' defense. Um, so get ready to listen to Justin talk. No, come on. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, there's always unknown. Uh, it's a really good defense. It's a good four-down scheme, and it's been that way since you know Steve Wilkes is in Carolina. So we got our we got a challenge for ourselves. And we're back, and we're going to be talking about the Titans' offense going against this Browns' defense, which is pretty scary in my mind. One of my biggest concerns in this upcoming game. So, Justin, how can this Titans' offense exploit? this monstrous defensive line it's all about the defensive line for the browns like you said monstrous from from left to right or maybe right to left i don't really know what order what the order is going to be miles garrett and larry Ogunjobi are the holdovers both are excellent players miles garrett had 13 and a half sacks last year in his sophomore campaign he's already arrived he's one of the best pass rushers in the nfl defensive player of the year candidate he's going to be the number one priority to contain for the Titans offensive line and protection in general, including backs and tight ends. Larry Ogunjobi is a pretty underrated player based. I mean, I'm sure he gets plenty of hype in Cleveland, but as far as like people hyping up who the Browns have on their defensive line, I feel like he's the forgotten man. I honestly, at this point in their careers, I would take Ogunjobi over Sheldon Richardson. Now Sheldon Richardson is the free agent. They signed. They also uh, traded for Olivier Vernon as part of the Odell Beckham trade. So, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, Larry Ogunjobi, and Miles Garrett. None of those guys are a real weakness. Now, I will say Sheldon Richardson is a much better pass rusher than he is run blocker, and I think that's true of Olivier Vernon as well. Vernon was on the Giants last year in a game that Derrick Henry had 150 rushing yards at halftime, and a lot of that damage was done running right at Vernon, and I think the Titans can do that again in this matchup. Now, if Vernon is on that uh, the left side, which is where he's played, most of his career um miles garrett can't be on the left side so it'll be interesting to see if and on the first depth chart thanks to zach from f words pod pointing this out the first depth chart miles garrett was listed as the right outside uh, defensive end and vernon was listed as the left defensive end so that would put vernon on dennis kelly and garrett on jack conklin so i'm not actually sure who who's going to be lining up against who i'm not sure they're going to be flipping back and forth a lot they may be they haven't traditionally in their careers, so I don't know if that's going to be something they're able to do. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's not too... I mean, people switch sides all the time in the defensive line, but if you're not used to doing it, it may be inhibiting a bit. So one of them may not be at full strength. Whoever's on the right side is kind of learning to rush from the right side more often than they have in their in their career. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think when you have the uh, versatility on that line with Sheldon Richardson and... Uh, how do you say his name? Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi to push that pocket and you could pretty much put Vernon and uh, carry it on either side and hope one of them gets pressure. That's true. And, and what's so great about that from the Browns perspective is miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon rushing up around the arc, push the quarterback forward in the pocket. But if Ogan Joby and Richardson are penetrating from inside the pocket, then that's a quarterback's worst nightmare. There's nowhere to step up. There's nowhere to step out. That's where, how sacks happen. And I should have said this earlier. That's how the Titans need to exploit the Browns. I mean, you could say this about any quarterback, but interior pressure is going to give them problems. So Jarrell Casey can get up the middle and Harold Landry come around the edge and force a crash course. 
that's what the Browns are going to be hoping to do with Miles Garrett and Ogunjobi and Richardson with the Titans. I think the game plan for both these teams is pretty much the same because I think both teams have a have a strength on weakness when it comes to defensive line versus the other team's offensive line. So the Titans, the same thing that the Titans' uh, defense needs to do by stopping the run, the Titans need to run the ball. And I know this is going to be boring, and we've all been waiting for Arthur Smith to come along and open up the offense, and if he comes out in week one and is just like running and running and running and running, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, I hate Art Smith. I can't believe this is what we got after we got rid of LaFleur and Mike Malarkey, blah, 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 blah. He really is a tight ends coach, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? That could definitely happen. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that after all that, we're going to have a 1980s slobber knocker? This game very well could be like a 17-13. Whoever gets to 17 or 20 points first wins a game. Um, Steve Wilkes' defense. So Steve Wilkes runs a 4-3, which is really a 4-2-5, um, based on the way he's run it in his past. That's with Carolina. I'm focused mostly on Carolina because Arizona, the talent was not very good and the team was not very good and they were playing from behind most of the time. So it's like, honestly, I didn't even bother. Um, whereas with Carolina, I think the talent levels are similar. In Carolina, he had Luke Keekley and uh, Thomas Davis. In Cleveland, he's got Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert, two great inside linebackers. He's got a great defensive line with a great pass rush. I think we'll be able to generate pressure with four guys pretty often. But despite that, Steve Wilkes loves to blitz. Should I mention the Browns hired Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator? That's why I'm talking about him so much. If yeah. In case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> Steve Wilkes loves to blitz. So if you break down his tendencies by down from the 2017 season, his uh, last season with the Panthers, um, thanks to Pro Football Focus for breaking this down, the Panthers were number one in the league in blitz rate on first down, 44%. They were third in the league, blitzing on second down on 41%, and second in the league, blitzing on third down, 48%. And if you total up the overall blitzes, they were number one in the NFL with 42.7% blitz rate in 2017. Um, So the Titans are going to be dealing with a heavy blitz in this game. It's going to be important for the offensive lineman to be able to pick up stunts in the middle so that the running back can um, can pick up blitzers without having to worry about free rushers coming through because of miscommunications. We saw miscommunication occur in the preseason game when Roger Saffold gave up a safety, and that was not good. That, that kind of thing can't happen. You know, those kinds of things are going to stall drives and break down, break down this game. So something that Steve Wilkes really likes to do in his defense is line up the two linebackers in the A-gaps pre-snap and just kind of hover them there, like showing blitz almost. And usually they won't blitz. Usually they'll drop back into coverage. Sometimes one of them will blitz. Occasionally they'll both blitz. I mean, about 42% of the time. I don't know if you look at statistics, right? Just kidding. Other players blitz too. But um, it's a thing that helps disguise where the pass rush is coming from. It's similar to what Dean Pease does, where you put like eight guys at the line of scrimmage and then only bring five, um, something Mike Vrabel did when he was in Houston. Steve Wilkes does this also. So that's something the Titans are going to have to deal with is uh, running this running against these blitzes where they can't really identify who the blitzers are and being able to communicate to pick them up. There's a lot of new pieces on the offensive line, left guard and right guard. So that's something that they'll have to work out pretty quickly. How are some, well, I was going to say, how are some players like Delaney Walker and Adam Humphreys? Um, how well can they exploit the middle of that field? Uh, the, those linebackers pretty good in coverage. 
So that's a great question. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what the Browns do here because in when he was in Carolina, Wilkes used um, Wilkes used a linebacker, Shaq Thompson, in the base defense to cover slot receivers. And he was a really good, I mean, he was good at it. They, they didn't always, they came in nickel sometimes too, but they played a lot of this with Shaq Thompson on the slot. So that's pretty interesting because um, what what Wilkes runs is this four two five zone defense that has a lot of rules that convert coverages to man to man coverage once the offense identifies or once the offense declares what they what they're doing what the routes are. Sometimes it's based on alignment. For example, if you have a receiver way off on one side of the field all by himself, a lot of times that alignment will automatically trigger a man to man assignment. But what happens is the linebackers, based on this uh, alignment, often end up getting matched up on the slot cornerbacks or the tight ends. So I don't think there's a player on the pan on sorry on the Browns that can cover Delaney Walker man to man. So when the Titans get these looks, they're I'm expecting Art Smith to draw up plays that create conflict for these linebackers or put these linebackers in situations. So conflict meaning. They have to choose to defend a player in front of them or a player behind them, such as like a running back uh, coming out of the backfield underneath or a tight end take, carrying them up the seam. So you can use Delaney as a decoy, throw him deep, take the linebackers and clear out the middle of the field and dump it off to a running back or a receiver running a drag across the middle of the field like Corey Davis or something. I think that would be a great way to exploit this. Or you can force, based on your other routes, you can force the Browns to have to cover Delaney man-to-man based on their own defensive rules. And Delaney Walker's going to win those matchups most of the time. It's similar to what um, the Browns run, they, where you overload one side of the field. The Titans love to run that, at least they did under Matt LaFleur, this uh, trips bunch with empty on the other side. Now that really can screw with the zone coverage because if you have no receivers on the, if you line up with three receivers on the left and no one on the right and a running back in the backfield and tight end in line, then the, got the cornerbacks on the far side of the field have to shift over. It, um, affects what everyone else is doing on the defense. And then if you run your routes over to that empty space, you can find advantages in the zone coverage. I think that um, I should mention the un, that Steve Wilkes was number one in the league um, in zone coverage in 2017 with the Panthers, running zone coverage on 72.5% of snaps. So What's interesting about that is that their high high draft pick, Denzel Ward, number five pick, I believe, in last year's draft, 2018, excelled as a man-to-man cover. It might have been number four pick. He was number four pick. Number four pick in last year's draft. Excelled in man-to-man coverage last season. One of the best man-on-man cover corners in the game as a rookie last year. So the Browns will probably be lining him up in situations where he gets to play man-to-man coverage in this zone scheme. Now, the Titans took advantage of this against the Patriots last year. This is pretty infamous by now that Corey Davis beat Stephon Gilmore over and over again when they tried to play him man-to-man all game. The Titans will have the opportunity to do that in this game with Corey Davis against Denzel Ward. But this is a matchup that Denzel Ward might win. So it's not something they can rely on, which is why players like Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker will be so key running underneath and Grabbing, grabbing linebackers and then beating those linebackers in their routes. That's why Adam Humphrey's option routes against this zone coverage are going to be a huge element of the passing attack. I think if A.J. Brown gets to play, 
I'm not sure how much he'll get, how much run he'll get. But in college, A.J. Brown showed a great propensity for finding the soft spots in the zone coverage and adjusting his routes on the fly based on what the defense is doing. That's, that's crucial here because the defense is adjusting based on what the offense is doing. So if the offense changes what they're doing, they can attack the defense and exploit weaknesses that way. Um, yep. I was going to say something that makes me a little more comfortable is if they are primarily running a zone scheme, um, that means Mariota just needs to find the soft spot in the defense uh, versus actually trying to drop something on a dime in man-to-man coverage. And I think he really excels in beating zone coverage versus man-to-man uh, because it requires less. Uh, and he's pretty goddamn accurate, but um, I have more confidence in him throwing and finding the soft spot in the zone. It's interesting because he's shown, I mean, he's done pretty well against both types of coverages. I actually looked for a trend in this when I studied his interceptions in 2017, and he was almost dead even throwing interceptions against man and zone. One play that really sticks out to me is against the Bengals in 2017. He threw a horrible interception right over the middle of the field. I don't even know what he was against zone coverage. I can't imagine what he was even looking at. And so I think that an interesting thing is Tajay Sharp has always been pretty good against zone coverage. So I don't know. I know we don't. We all don't really want to see Tajay Sharp out there when we have Humphreys and Corey and AJ Brown now. But Tajay Sharp's a guy that's been able to beat zone coverage, and Mariota has shown a good connection with him. I really think Delaney Walker's going to have a big game in this one. Um, the The weakness on the Browns is their safeties. So they traded um, Peppers, which is crazy to me for a couple of guys who are not that good. Um, well, they didn't trade for him, but they didn't trade for safety. But their safeties are Demarius Randall, who was converted cornerback, um, who they did trade for, actually, uh, from the Packers. And then Morgan Burnett, who was also on the Packers, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Morgan Burnett was also a Packer briefly, but he was a Steeler most recently. Um, he was drafted by the Packers. Yeah. Anyway, he was a Steeler. He's their other safety. He's a like a strong safety. Um, and then they've been playing this guy, what's his name? Jermaine Whitehead. Yes. Who was also cut by the Packers, which is crazy. He was cut by the Packers midway through last year, picked up by the Browns, was basically a special teams player for the second half of last season, and now he's going to play like a major role as a third safety in this 4-2-5 defense. Um, so the, the back end of the Browns secondary is not good. They're really going to be relying on the front four to get pressure and those linebackers to stop the run. Joe Schobert, who I think led the NFL in tackles last year. He, oh, he had 100 tackles last year or something like that. Um, these guys are good linebackers. But the safeties, I think, uh, are going to have communication problems and just talent problems back there. And so Marcus Mariota can get time to throw which is going to be the key here, getting time to throw. I think it's worth going max protect a few times, try to get these safeties jumbled and take some deep shots to Corey Davis and A.J. Brown and, and Delaney Walker and see if they can make some big plays happen downfield, catch these safeties sleeping in the wrong position. It also means if Derrick Henry is able to bust through the front line, he's got weak players trying to tackle him. I think Derrick Henry... Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker are the guys that are going to be key to the Titans in this game. Delaney Walker over the middle of the field. That Tampa 2, that 4-2-5 quarters coverage Wilkes likes to run is built to take away the deep middle. So it's kind of built to help these safeties. But if these safeties aren't playing correctly, 
it could actually backfire and open up the deep middle for plays to Delaney Walker down down the seam and stuff like that. So that's what's going to be interesting in this game is if they can get the deep plays going with the pass rush that the Browns have, if they can protect Mariota, which they can do by giving it to Derrick Henry, throwing it short to Derrick Henry, and throwing the quick passes, the option routes to Adam Humphreys, and um, forcing those linebackers to creep up, forcing those linebackers to play man coverage in mismatches at the that are favoring the Titans. And then mix in that. Once you start running those plays, then you can start mixing in the deep shots through play action, max protect with play action, get the defensive line moving left or right, get Mariota moving left or right, keep him on the move, keep those rolling pockets. One thing that's interesting, and this is a benefit to the Pan- to the Browns, sorry, I keep saying Panthers. This is a benefit to the Browns, is that their zone coverage makes it hard for the quarterback to scramble. When you have man coverage and all the players downfield have their back to the ball because they're facing their man and they're playing man coverage, can open up huge lanes for the quarterback to scramble. So in zone coverage, the linebackers and the safeties, they have their eyes. They're still facing the quarterback, even the corners, unless they are in a man conversion play. They're playing man coverage. Everyone has their eyes on the quarterback. So if you start scrambling, well, I guess it's interesting. He doesn't have big lanes to scramble, but he can start scrambling and draw the defense up, which can create throwing lanes behind him. Mariota is also very good at using his eyes to create throwing lanes against zone coverage, manipulating the linebackers. The cat's kind of out of the bag, though, now, because he's been doing it for a few years, and there was a play last season, I think it might have been against the Eagles, actually, where he tried to throw one of those little no-look passers, and the linebacker didn't bite on it at all. Stayed right in the throwing lane, and it looked like a horrible interception because it looked like he threw it right to the linebacker. Right. Um, so that's the kind of thing that can happen. But I think Mariota is better than than that at using his eyes, and I think he'll be able to in this game. So give me one Mariota key to success, how you feel about this game, and we'll wrap it up. Mariota key to success, get the ball out of your hand quickly. You can't stand in the pocket against this pass rush. Just identify a read, get the ball out, be decisive. Okay. And how do you feel about this game? If I had to predict, I think I would probably say like 20 to 17 Titans. But disclaimer for all of our listeners, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. But I'm probably going to pick the Titans to win every week. <laughs> I mean, we're a fan podcast. We're biased. Look, my film review is all based on how I can attack the Browns if I was somehow in charge of calling the shots in some way, or if this was Madden and it was all carried over perfectly, how I would attack the Browns. So I'm naturally looking at it from an optimistic point of view. So I'm not looking at it how we can be beaten by the Browns. I mean, I am looking at their strengths, but to minimize them so that we can attack their weaknesses. All right. So naturally I'll just be optimistic. I'm sorry. Sorry if you're looking for, like if you want a super objective pick, Take James's pick. If you want a super objective, if you want objective analysis about the strengths and weaknesses, I'm here for that. I'm just not going to pick objectively. So well, what is your pick? I'm going to pick the Titans as well. Um, I think we're going to come in and we have something to prove. Not that the Browns don't. You know, they've had a history of losing. But, I, th- you know, they always talk about the hype not getting to them. I think at some point it's going to leak through 
and you're going to start feeling yourself a little bit. Uh, the national media is sucking your dick. Um, it's just, I don't know. Um, but I think the Titans are going to come in. They're going to score two touchdowns, and it's going to be a defensive game. Even though I said they would score two touchdowns. Um, but I'm looking at like a 14 to 6 game with the Titans coming out on top. If you want negativity, if you want more objectiveness, go look at the national media. Plenty of them are picking the Browns. But for this <laughs> In podcast, fact, all the PFF writers picked the Browns this week. Exactly. Yeah. So on this podcast, we're picking the Titans to win. And. <clears throat> we'll see you probably what Sunday night uh, to review the game. Uh, it will be a victory Monday. We hope. We hope. We'll do awards, and we'll then do. we'll break break that shit down. Right. We'll see you then. Oh my God! Trubisky just threw a pick in the end zone with two minutes left. Ten to three. Jake Locker two point oh. Oh my God! All right. The music's already playing. Be sure to leave a review, subscribe, give us a little five-star boy, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you also get MCM Radio with Jimmy and Terry, who I'm sure will be back with their own game recap after this one against the Browns. I'm actually going to be in Vegas, so we're going to be recording Thursday, Sunday night. We're going to be recording Sunday night. I'll be in Vegas. That'll be cool. Should be fun. Should bet, be on black, fun. bet on black for me. You got it, man. <laughs>